This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Raise your hands. Our ushers would gladly put the Word of God in your hand. Once you got a Bible, go to the book of uh, Zechariah, way back in the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 1. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad to have you again today. Again, if you need a Bible today, raise your hand. Our ushers would gladly give you the Word of God here today. As you're turning to Zechariah 1, you saw up there that um, there's some groups, little small groups that are beginning to get ready to start two weeks from the day, the 5th. You need to look at those, okay? We all need community, and there's people here that are going to teach the things of God, and I, I really want you to participate. Actually, way back, early fall, the Lord put on my heart to lead one, and so I, I think these are a big deal that we participate in those. So be sure and check the, the scan on those or the code you can scan and you can get there. So um, I'm not starting. We're, we're on prayer and fasting. That's not where we're headed to start with today. I had talked several times. I, I, you know, we had the guy from Israel in in the middle of November. And just interesting that we would begin to talk about prophetic things that are going on right now in our world. And so a couple weeks ago, we read the one in Micah chapter 7. Today, I want you to see two passages in Zechariah, and I believe it will highlight what's going on here right now in our, our world. So, Zechariah chapter 1, verse 1, in the eighth month of the second year of Dyrus, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. So, the, the Lord's got a word for him. He's going to speak to Zechariah, and so he says in verse 2, the Lord has been very angry with your fathers. That's an interesting start. He said, I got a word for you. And then he said, the Lord's been very angry with your fathers. And you know, you hear the old cliche that says, you know, as a father is, that's as children will be. And I believe there's some truths in that, that if we don't learn to take responsibility for our own choices, we're going to reap the consequences that go with this. So he goes on. And now when he gets to verse three, I believe he's telling us, this is why you're in the mess you're in. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Now you know what that means? That means to repent. To be people that would go before God and repent. Now there's a great nugget of truth in there for us. You know what that shows me? God doesn't give up on us. God's the God of a second chance if we'll just respond to him in this way. Verse number four. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. They didn't want to listen. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Yet surely my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servant, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they returned or they repented and said, just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and according to our deeds, so he has dealt with us. Now, you know what he's saying right there at the end? You're going to get exactly what you deserve. Precisely. And so he gives us a warning, one, to repent, and then number two, turn from our evil ways. Now, turn just a couple pages to your right to Zechariah chapter 5. And this is the one I really wanted us to hear. 
Zechariah 5, verse 1. Then I turned and I raised my eyes and saw there a flying scroll. Now, just hang in here a second because the, the scriptures are going to tell us what this flying scroll is. Verse 2. And he said to me, what do you see? So I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width is 10 cubits. Now, if you were to break that down, it's massive. It's huge. And so the size of the, the scroll, it, it denotes the seriousness of this matter. Now watch how the, Lord, or the word of God will teach us some things right here. Then he said to me, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. So the flying scroll is a curse. And notice he said the curse goes over the entire land, the entire world. So because it says it's a flying curse or a flying scroll, that represents the judgment of God. Now, watch real close here on why this curse is taking place. If you study the Bible, Proverbs 26, 2 says that a curse cannot come without a cause. In other words, the curse has to have some reason to show up. So he's warning this massive thing is going to go across the whole earth, and it's because of a curse. What is that cause of? The middle of verse 3. Every thief shall be expelled according to this side. So there's two parts that he's talking about. Part of the curse is because thievery. People that steal. Do you know that's an epidemic in America right now? I saw two days ago that one of the largest Nike stores in Seattle, Washington said, we have to close down because of the thievery that's taking place. We can't contain it. We have business owners right here in this church. We have people in this church that manage stores and they tell you how it's, it's gotten so out of control. That's the first part. The second part he highlighted is, and every perjurer, liar, one who bears false witness shall be expelled according to that side of it. So when you look at this, when thievery and perjury have infiltrated a society, it is difficult to conduct daily life without experiencing their impact. Let me ask you something. If any of you in here experienced thievery and lying right now in our and hands are going up everywhere. So when I'm sitting with the Jewish man, I'm Heim, I asked him this question. I said, is that a problem in Israel? And he said, oh yeah. And he said, is that a problem in America? And I said, oh yeah. And he said, this is the Bible coming to pass. And it also says here after verse three, that it is extremely difficult to rid the population of such practices when it starts going into effect like it is. So you know what the warning is? Get ready. Get ready. Verse four. I will send out the curse, says the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief 
and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name. It shall remain in the midst of the house. It'll stay there and it will ultimately consume it with its timber and its stones. And so just a little little prophetic utterance there that kind of gets my attention when I read it. And it kind of locates us not to be in fear. God will take care of us, but let me ask you something here. If you have problems in your life right now, you're a thief or you're a liar, repent. Repent, heed this, okay? Turn away from those things. Okay, now that had nothing to do with the sermon today, so we'll just move on. Turn with me back in the New Testament to the book of John chapter 11. John chapter 11. As you're turning to John, we have been on fasting and praying. We're still going to be on it this week. Next week, we're going to shift a little bit more to just the praying part. But I applaud you if you've been fasting and praying in any sense. I I know we have some that are going to fast all through the end of the month. They said we're going to go all 31 days. I applaud you. We believe this right now that this is the most people within the church that are participating in this than we've ever had before. And so if you have great things that are coming off of your fast and pray, we'd love for you to share. You can call. You can, you can email those in. We'd love to hear that, okay? Because God is doing some great things. So if you were here last week, we talked about John 14, John 15, John 16. Remember in those threes, the Lord Jesus said that we are to ask the Father, and how do we ask the Father? In the name of Jesus. Every one of those chapters highlighted that. You know, when we ask the Father in the name of Jesus, we gotta understand, those are house rules. If you wanna be effective in prayer, you better learn the house rules. We ask the Father in the name of Jesus. So let me, let me paraphrase here real quick here in John 11. The Lord Jesus is in an area called Bethany and he's got a great friend, Lazarus, two sisters, Mary and Martha. Lazarus is on the point of dying. And remember his two sisters said, Jesus, come, he's gonna die. And so Jesus prolonged where he's at a couple more days. And so when Jesus finally showed up, they said, Lord, if you would have delayed coming, our brother would still be alive. And remember what Jesus said to him? If you just believe. If you would just believe. So he shows up there and he says, remove the tomb. And they said, no, no, Lord, he's been in the tomb four days. He stinketh. Now we pick up in verse 41. Only two verses. John 11, verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. Now think about this. Jesus, the Lord and Savior, he lifted up his eyes. That's where we look for help, okay? The Son of God looks up. And he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Wow. The Lord Jesus thanked the Father that he heard him in his time of prayer. Verse 42. And I know that you always hear me. You know, if he's always hearing him, Jesus was praying a lot. If you always hear me, and then he said, but because of the people we are standing by, I said to this, they may believe that you sent me. So everything Jesus is doing, it was for the purpose to get people born again. But what I see off of this verse right here, and, and what you get here is This is why we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus because when we pray to the Father, the Father responds to what the Son endorses. 
So I asked the Father, and guess what Jesus does? Jesus says, I'll endorse it. It's like a check. That check's no good until Jesus signs it. And so I've got to look at this in my times of prayer that understand when I pray to the Father, the Lord Jesus is involved. He's endorsing those things. Now turn with me the book of Acts chapter 10. We're going to be in Acts 10 the rest of this morning. So Acts chapter 10, and I welcome you getting excited about the word of God. I welcome you applauding, shouting, and the reason I know that's going to happen is because I know some of you are going to do some shouting this afternoon. You cowboy fans are hopefully going to do some, some shouting. Been 50 years since you got a shout, so he's, no, I'm just kidding. Being excited about the word of God is, is more important than shouting for the cowboys, okay? Thank you for clapping. So when God doesn't answer our prayers on our timetable, we have this human nature, and I say we, we think we can help God. We think we can insist, in, in, uh, help God and assist God in that, like, like, like it would help if we do it. And so what happens as human beings when God doesn't answer our, our prayers on our timetable? We, we have this microwave mentality. And we need to help him. But when I think about this, is, is the reason that things aren't taking place and we try to advance our own prayers on our own self is, is because we don't trust God's timing. We pray, God, order our steps, but yet we get mad when it isn't on our timetable. I ask you, Father God, to be involved, but you don't do it when I want it to be. Now, you're going to see this come into play here this morning, and I'm just going to tell you probably a phrase you're going to hear several times today is this, that God closes doors to open doors. Now, it's going to bless you. I promise you'll get the word. So we begin, Acts 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea. Caesarea was on the, the uh, Mediterranean Sea in Israel, right above Tel Aviv, really, where you're looking at. And his name was called Cornelius. The centurion was what was called the Italian regiment. So this guy named Cornelius, he was a military man, but we've got to throw this in. He's a Gentile. You know what that means? There's, either, there's really two types of people in this earth. There's Jews and Gentiles. If you weren't born in this world as a Jew, you're a Gentile, okay? Pastor, are you a Gentile? I'm a Gentile, okay? I'm a Gentile. This plays into part here today. Verse two, a devout man, a thoroughly good man, and one who feared God. One who reverenced God, respected God, a Gentile at that. And then the next thing it says about him, not only did he fear God, his entire household feel God, feared God. Do you know what that showed me? Man, this guy was training his family up. We're going to fear God. He goes on to say, who gave alms generously. Not only did he give, he gave generously to the people, and he prayed to God always, continually, regularly. He had a rhythm, kind of like that of Daniel last week, and so 
prayer was a part of his everyday life. It said he prayed always. He, he was in prayer mode, that prayer was his frequency. Now let me ask you a question. Why would he pray like this? Because he had a holy anticipation and he had a holy expectation that God would answer his prayers. Keep reading. And about the ninth hour of the day, three in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. Now, I highlight this three in the afternoon because you never know when God's going to show up. Never have a clue. I, I wonder when he got up that morning if he said, today about three. No, you know he didn't do that. But he had a, an expectation that, that God was going to show up. He had what I call a holy moment right there at three o'clock. And it's interesting, the Bible said that, that this angel shows up and he has this vision. Do you know, the, the Lord will, he'll move and minister to all of us in different ways. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Elijah through what we call a still small voice. He spoke to a guy named Balaam through a donkey. You know why he spoke to Balaam through a donkey? Because donkeys are stubborn. I'm just kidding. I'm just thinking that. How many of us men are stubborn at times? No, the point is here, God will speak to us. And I want you to note, this is New Testament. God still speaks to people with visions and dreams. I know there's many of you in here, man, you dream all the time. So if you remember here in verse three, this angel shows up and he says, Cornelius. He was known in heaven. And I believe many of you are known in heaven. Now, pay close attention to verse four. And when Cornelius observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? What, what is it, Lord? He, he has this what is it, Lord moment, this encounter of a God God. What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Your actions and your sacrifices have got heaven's attention. Now, I, I say this right here because re regardless of who you are, when you do these things, our prayers and our giving, God remembers what you've done when you do it with the right heart. He, he has a memorial. He says, I haven't forgotten you. And so right here, Cornelius, he's earnestly desiring to know God. He knows the God of the Israelites, but he knows there's more. But also, Cornelius's actions, they drew God's favorable attention. And I believe this serves as an example for us. So here's the thing that always, it kind of baffles me with Scripture. We, we never know how long this has been going on. I don't know how many years this has taken place. Maybe months, maybe weeks, maybe days. But God doesn't forget. And sometimes in our prayer life, you got to remember 
God is closing this door to open this door. And when we're going through those moments, we don't get it. We look and think, hurry up, God, what's going on? But when you go through life and you look through the rear view mirror of life, you're like, oh my gosh, God did what was right. He connected the dots. So this angel appears to him, and to paraphrase real quickly, he says, send some men to Joppa for this guy named Peter, and Peter will tell you what you got to do. So same chapter, verse number nine. The next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. The sixth hour is noon. So God tells Cornelius, this is what's gonna happen, but God says, you know what? I better tell Peter what's gonna happen too. And so Peter, who's Jewish, he's a man of prayer. And he goes up on the housetop to pray. Verse 10, then he became very hungry. Typical man right there, he became hungry. It's amazing how you get an appetite when you pray. And he wanted to eat, but while they made ready or, or lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance, a dream, a vision, a state. I believe people still fall into trances. So he's in this trance, verse 10, or verse 11. And he saw heaven open an object like a great sheet bound at four corners. To me, the best way to describe just what we read, it's this massive tablecloth. At the four corners and descending to him and let down on the earth. And in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild bees, creeping things, and the birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. So Peter's in this trance, and he's seeing all this. And he hears these voice, Peter, rise and eat. Verse 14. But Peter said, not so, Lord. Surely not, Lord. In no means or by no ways, Lord, surely not. Now listen why I said that. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. So there were certain things that a Jew was not supposed to eat. And so Peter said, not so, Lord, I can't do that. You know, one of the big things that Jews aren't supposed to eat is pigs. So one day I have a Jewish friend. And I, I promise, I didn't even think about this, but we were eating out. And this guy, he's so brilliant. You know what I ordered? I ordered a pork chop. <laughs> so, man, I got my knife out. Man, I'm hacking on that thing. I'm just look. And I looked over there, and he's just watching me eat it. And I said, would you like a bite of my pork chop? And he said, this is what he said to me. He said, I would love a bite of your chicken chop. He wouldn't call it a pork chop. He called it a chicken chop. So I handed it over there and he ate it in there. I mean, he took it and he ate it and he was like, mm. and I said, you Jews don't know what you're missing out on. And so you, you got to get this here. This is huge. This is huge what's going on. Now, here's what's happening. Peter's getting a theology adjustment. Have any of you in here had a theology adjustment? I've had theology adjustment, and I love it. I welcome it to this day. 
Verse 15. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. You don't want to argue with God. This was done three times and the object was taken up to heaven again. So the three times actually was meaning a, a confirmation. Do you know when God makes his, his will known to us, it's flat out rebellion when we argue with him and we don't do what he tells us to do. Man, it's right there in the word of God. Verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself, so you know what many translations say? He was flat out perplexed. He was, I mean, this, this vision of eating chicken chops is wearing him out. What his vision which he had seen meant? Behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and they stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while the, Peter thought about the vision, he still reflected. I mean, he, he's, he's perplexed greatly. The Holy Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them. Now look at the instruction. Go down and go with them. Now watch what, what we see next. Doubting nothing for I have sent them. And, and so what you're talking about here is doubting nothing about the legality of this. Now this is why this is so huge. All these men to come to his house to get him, they're all Gentiles. It was a no-no for him to be around Gentiles. You don't do that. And so right here the Lord's telling him, doubting nothing. And so Peter's thinking, Man, is this theology 101? I'm getting slapped around today. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to Cornelius, and he said, yes, I'm whom you seek. For what reason have you come? So let me paraphrase here. So he goes with them. They tell him Cornelius was a godly man. He was a man of prayer, fasting, and we need you to come. So they go to where Cornelius is at. And when they get there, the word of God says that within Cornelius' home was all his relatives and his best friends. So Peter goes walking in and he's among all these Gentiles and Cornelius bows to him and Peter says, get up, dude, get up, get up. I'm just a man just like you. Now, we, we come back in in verse 28. Look at this. And Peter said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with a go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Closes this door, but he opens this door. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I sent for, I asked him, for what reason have you sent me? So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was Fasting until this hour. Now I'm reading in the New King James Version. I know in many translations it's not in there, that word. But the original Greek text, it has that in there. He was fasting. What was he fasting for? I'm telling you, this guy named Cornelius, he was hungry for the things of God. He needed a breakthrough in his life. So he said, I was fasting until this hour, at the ninth hour, 
I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. Now, it's interesting here. The scriptures highlight what Cornelius is doing. He's fasting and he's praying. But in verse 31, he goes into us for a little more detail. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. I want to take you back. little history here for us. January 1st, January 8th, we talked about prayer and fasting. Last week, if you were here, remember in Daniel 9, we talked about prayer, fasting, and repenting. Those are big. But we get an added bonus this week. And the Word of God specifically talks about his prayer, his fasting, and his giving. What happened with it? It got God's attention. There was incredible breakthrough in this guy's life. And I got to hold on to that right there, guys. Don't let that go. Send therefore to Joppa and tell Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. So you know what he's saying? Teach us. Teach us. Now, verse 34 This may be one of the greatest verses in the New Testament for a Gentile. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. God doesn't take sides, bias or favoritism. You know why this is one of the most important scriptures for a Gentile? If you weren't born Jewish, then your spiritual genealogy traces all the way back to this very moment right here. This is one of the greatest breakthroughs of all time right here. You know why I say this? If this isn't revealed, me and you may not be born again. God's no respecter of persons. Now listen to what we go on and read here. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted. So right here, everyone, regardless of your nationality, your ethnic orientation, you're welcome to hear and believe in God. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you're white sheep, black sheep, swirl sheep. Doesn't matter if you got sin in your life. Anybody got sin? Yes, we do. And so right here, I, I really wonder when Peter began to speak this, if he's thinking to himself, what in the world am I saying? Breakthrough. Verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. So I go back and I'm reading all this and I think, wow, this, this was because a man was fasting and praying and giving. Do you know those three things I just mentioned, fasting, praying, and giving? If you were to go back and read in, in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7, 
you'll get in some of the greatest teachings of the Lord Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 6, he says this, when you pray, when you fast, when you give. He didn't say if. So there's something supernatural that begins to happen when we begin to fast and we begin to pray and we begin to give just like he says. So I've talked about this morning how God closes one door and opens another. And I believe every one of us in here, we have these things that I call dreams with a deadline. Anybody ever had a dream and you, you put a deadline on it? I, I've had dreams with deadlines. So we go back 20 plus years ago right here. This church was, was born in a little duplex. And the first Sunday, we didn't have this many in church, okay? But the church began to grow and we ultimately started having church at the Holiday Inn. Hotel, motel, Holiday Inn, okay? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We'd been there for six months and they decide they're going to raise our rent on renting this one room that we would rent. Well, you know what God was doing? He was closing that door. He was closing that door to open another door. But when they said that to us, I was like, whoa, whoa, you can't raise the rent. What's wrong with you? But because I didn't step out and believe God like I needed to, God said, okay, I'm going to have to shut doors for him. So we go way east right off of, east, uh, off of 50th Street, and there was a place called Briarcroft Court, and, and we rent a big building there, and we turn it into a church. And we're there for a while, and we begin to grow, and I know we need a bigger building. But I didn't take the steps to do that. So you know what God did? He closed that door on us. You know how he closed the door? He rented the building out from under us. I was mad at God. I was like, God, what are you doing? We're now homeless. We don't have a church. And the bad thing is, is not only did they rent the building out from under us, they rented it to another church. What are we going to do, God? What are we going to do? Well, God had that plan. He closed that door and he opened another one. We moved to a place on West 82nd. It's called Black Tie Casino. woo From the Holiday Inn to the Casino Live. And so we're out there. And we find a church building, not this one that's for sale. And we went in and we liked it. We made an offer, the, offer, the, the pastor said, we're gonna sell it to you guys for that. Well, I didn't hear from him from, from, for about a week. And then he calls one day and I said, where are we at on this building? And he said, well, I was gonna call you because we decided to sell it to someone else. I was like, God, I got a dream with a deadline. You keep closing doors. I'm needing you to open it. A week after that is when this building opened up. We stroll over here. We begin to pray. God's like, go for it, go for it. We make an offer on it, and they shut it down. That's not enough. And so God sends a woman that she doesn't know me, and I don't know her. 
she says to me, I want you to have that building. I know you're supposed to give that building. And she said, I know the exact penny it'll cost you to buy it. And I said, what's that? She tells me. We write out a check for that amount and they say it's yours. God supernaturally brought a woman. I didn't even know who she was. So they said, the building's yours. We got another dilemma. You know what this dilemma is? I don't have a million dollars. I was like, oh my gosh, God. Two days later, this guy shows up and he says, you don't know me and I don't know you. But he said, I'm a banker at such and such bank. And he said, I'm supposed to give you all the money. And I looked at all this and I thought, wow, God, you've connected the dots all along. You, you were closing these doors to open these doors. And you were having to close these doors because this guy was too stubborn or too ignorant to know what was going on. Thank God for his mercy and grace. Sometimes you just gotta plead, plead ignorance. I'm ignorant, Lord. Bless my darling heart, but bless my stupid head too. I just, I... See, you know what I found out about God? God has the ability to change the forecast in your life. Everything over here may say windy. It may say a, a, a storm. It may say snow and a blizzard. But God has the ability to move you over here where it's bright and shiny and things are good for that season. And again, I highlighted this. We tell God, God, I desire you to order my steps. But when he starts ordering our steps and they don't go the way we like, we get mad. I got a dream with a deadline. And you know what God's saying? I got your back. I still hear prayers. And I still watch the fasting of my people. And I'm going to highlight to many of you, God hadn't given up on you. He hadn't given up on your dreams. And so sometimes we need a theological shift. Sometimes we need God just to touch us again. And so now in my life, when I look through the rear view of life and I see things, man, I've learned. God's opening doors while he's closing doors. And recently I had a situation come up and I was told, Pastor, you, you, got, you got to make some decisions. This has got to happen. This has got to happen. Da, 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 da. And I looked and I ended up saying to show, I said, oh no, oh no. This cowboy's been bucked off the horse too much. Oh no. We're just going to pray and we're going to believe God. And we're going to stand. When, when, when all you know to do sometimes is to stand, then just stand. And I said, God's going to move. How do you know God's going to Because I've prayed. I've asked God to move. And so I sat there and said, uh-uh. I, I've done that before. I, I've tried to play God. You know what happens when you try to play God? It'll wear you out. And so I said, I'm not doing that, that. And you know what? A couple days last week and I told you that, God showed up. I mean, he showed up and I was like, whoo, here it is. Thank the Lord. See, God still moves. 
Why don't you stand up here? See, again, from the time that Cornelius started to pray until that was fulfilled in his life, I, I don't know that time frame. But I, I do believe in his humanity. There were times he had to get frustrated. That may be you today. You may be frustrated today. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I, I got a dream with a deadline. Just bow your head right there where you're at and close your eyes. You know, the key to all this, first of all, is God's desire is for you to give him your heart today. If you've never given Jesus your heart or you need to come back to the things of God, he hadn't forgot you, okay? If that's you, I, I welcome you right now just to get out of your seat. Just make your way down here. We're not going to stone you. We're going to clap and hoot and holler. If you're here today and that's you, I welcome you today. You're welcome to come, okay? One of the second things the Lord began to deal with me is this. Come on, Joe. This one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, yeah. Come on. Two more. It's a good day for you. Great day to start the year. Hallelujah. Anybody else? I, I welcome you, okay? Come on here. here come on. I see some more coming. We're going to wait. Come on. It's the goodness of God. Just the goodness of God. Anybody else? Wow. You know, I've started doing this more and more, and I do it in my, my own personal time with the Lord, but I, I don't expect you to do this. But if you feel comfortable, and I just get my little cup out here right now. I'm like, Lord, fill my cup. And so you ones who came down here today, you, you may want to do that, but I want you to say this from your hearts, okay? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I, I come to you as a sinner. Lord, I've sinned and I've sinned and I've sinned. And I ask you today to forgive me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come back into my heart and be Lord of my life. I thank you on January 22nd, 2023. My name was registered in heaven. Woo, Jesus, thank you. Come on, let's clap. God's not done, okay? Why don't you, why don't you bow your heads because I, I, I really believe things are gonna begin to move in here. But if you're here today and you've had the thought, God, you forgot about me. I've had dreams with deadlines and it just, just seemed like it hadn't, it hadn't come to fruition. That, that may be on a job. That, 
That, that may be in marriage. Some of you said, I, I've desired to be married. I believe God for a godly husband, and it just... What about you're here today? And you've had a desire to get pregnant, and that hadn't happened yet. See, there's so many areas in our life, and sometimes God is closing doors to open doors. Sometimes God begins to, to change the forecasts of our lives right now. And, and many times, again, we don't know what's happening while we go through it. It takes us to get to the other side. But if you're here today and you say, I've lost hope. I've lost faith today. I, I, I need a, a touch of heaven today. Just as God didn't forget a man named Cornelius, he won't forget you. And so whatever that, that desire is, and maybe it just needs to be a stirring back up in you, the, the stirring back up of colleagues. You're like, Father God, I thought I was called to this and this, but it seemed like every time I move forward, that door shuts. God is working. He's working. And so as our team begins to play here, I, I welcome you and just come before God. And I welcome you, raise your hands to the God in heaven and say, Lord, I welcome you. And not only to welcome you, I welcome you on your timing. That I know your timing, you're never late, you're never early, you're just right on time. Go ahead and sing, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.